telling us to enjoy it while they're young. But our days are filled with chaos and stress and cooking and endless laundry piles. Where's the time to enjoy anything? Yeah, that's what I always thought too. There's so much I have to do. When do I find time for peace and joy and happiness when I barely have time to sleep? Mama, it's time for a shift. You can be a happy mom. Yeah, it's possible. If I can, you can. Trust me. I've been a mess. I've been depressed. I've been overwhelmed. I've been to the bottom of the pits. And I've risen. I've grown. I've bloomed. And it all started when I realized I didn't have to anything. I get to. It is my privilege and my honor and my divine responsibility to be the queen of my home. It's not a burden. I'm not the janitor and the lunch lady. I'm in charge. I'm the ruler. I'm the chaos coordinator. I'm the calm in the storm. I don't have to anything. I get to. And so do you. So let's rise, mamas. Adjust your crown. Accept your responsibility and change the effing world. It's all in the way you choose to see it. You're listening to I Get To, the podcast with Brittany Clarkson. That's me. Well, friends, today I come here to talk to you on a bit of a somber note. I'm recording this on June 7th the day after my podcast has officially launched out into the world. Yesterday should have been perfection. It should have been a day full of celebration and excitement. And it started that way. It really did. Until I came downstairs and found my cat laying on the bathroom floor. Now my cat, Indy, he's been sick for a while. He's always kind of struggled with upper respiratory infections, but they've always cleared up on their own mostly. We've only ever had to put him on antibiotics a couple of times to help him get over it. Usually he just gets better. He had an amazing immune system. But this time he wasn't kicking it. So we took him to the vet and they put him on antibiotics. Kind of got better, but it came back. So we took him to the vet again, put him on more antibiotics. He kind of got better, but he really wasn't getting totally better. In fact, he stopped eating on this round of antibiotics. So he started losing weight. And so we took him back and they finally ran some blood tests and it came back that he had feline viral leukemia. I think that's how it said. Which once a cat's diagnosed with, they usually only get a couple years. But because he'd lost so much weight, even though we stopped giving him antibiotics and he started getting a little bit better, the sneezes went away and we had to put him on an appetite uh, stimulant to try to get him to eat more. This cat wouldn't even eat tuna or wet food. All he wanted to eat was my dog's dry food that was spilled on the floor. And so we let him. We let him eat whatever he wanted, as much as he wanted, and it just wasn't enough. 
he had hyphema. I think that's how it is. Sounds like it should be hyphemia, but I don't remember an I being in the spelling of it. Hyphema. He had blood in his eyes. So he started getting kind of blind there towards the end, um, which is a symptom of something more. And now we're thinking that he ended up with some kidney disease here towards the end. Well, yesterday morning when I came downstairs and saw him laying in the bathroom, kind of knew that was going to be the end. He just looked like he was giving up. So I gave him a talking to him, told him either you get better or you let go. And I'm okay with whatever you pick now because I don't want you to stay in my life and I don't want to see you hurting every single day. If you're never going to get better, don't hang on. And later found out my husband had the same talk with him before my husband left for work this morning, yesterday morning, because he saw him laying there and knew, you're not getting back up, are you? And so I had a dentist appointment. Couldn't cancel that. I was sitting in the dentist chair and I felt an energy shift. Much like the energy shift that I felt watching my husband's grandpa die a few years back. It felt like something beautiful has left this world. And I was afraid to come home after that. But I did. Came home and found him gone. And when I saw him, a sliver of my hope died. And I couldn't stop crying. And I realized I was crying, not because my cat was dead. I expected, I knew this would happen. I mean, it's not gonna live forever. And he was very sick. But I cried because I was still holding on to so much hope that he could have gotten better. I was holding on to hope that he would turn it all around and I'd have my big, fluffy, soft kitty back. And my hope died with him. Just a sliver, not all of it. And it turns out that my husband had had this deep thought about him while he was at the uh, farm store, which was around the same time I was in the dentist chair. And it's almost as if his soul had come to kiss us goodbye on its way to ascension. It's hard to accept when nine lives aren't enough. In one way, it's just a cat, but in another way, this was our first baby together. You know, when I met my husband, I had my now 14-year-old dog. But this was the first one that we adopted together. We went to the shelter and picked him out from about a dozen kittens. He was so spoiled, so spunky. Always climbing on all the shelves. He's a big-time climber. He always wanted outside. 
always. So yesterday we took him outside, let him lay in the sun and the grass, spent all day with the family. Not yesterday, sorry, the day before. My days are blurred. Sunday, we took him out with us and he wanted to spend the whole day with us, just sitting with us, laying near us. So of course we let him. Kind of felt like he was trying to say goodbye, but so much hope because he was up and about. We thought maybe he's, maybe he is getting better. No, he knew he wasn't. Now we have to accept that death is inevitable. That we're going to lose the ones we love eventually. But the challenge is continuing to love deeply despite the fear of loss. When they're gone, it's going to hurt. Either because you loved them so much or because you regret keeping them at a distance. This is something that I have struggled with in a number of ways. It's a pattern of mine and it might be of yours too. Where I love something, so I push it away. Or, you know, I love something, so I push it away because I'm afraid of losing it. Or I want something really badly and I self-sabotage so that I don't get it because I'm afraid of failing and not getting it. Now, when we start to become mindful of our own thoughts and think about, well, where's this thought coming from? Where's this thought leading to? Why do I have this thought? And does it even make sense? To self-sabotage yourself so that you fail on purpose, so that you don't have to fail on accident. This is something I've done with my goals a lot. And it's actually something that earlier this year I discovered I did with my marriage. And I am so thankful that my husband is a ride or die committed man because he sticks by me through everything. I mean, my goodness, in sickness and in health, he has stuck through me so through so much minds, negative mindsets and mental health issues. He has seen so many breakdowns that he just he doesn't struggle with mental illness. He's seen me go through this and he doesn't understand it at all, that poor man. But he sticks by me <laughs> despite not understanding what the heck is going on with this chick. Um, he's seen me a little bit crazy. And it I tend to explode at him when I get that way. And oh my gosh, he doesn't deserve that. I don't deserve him. He is amazing <laughs> for the things he has put up with. Um, but yeah, in my marriage, I have kept him at a distance over the years because I'm so afraid that he was going to leave me. And see, that kind of logic doesn't really work out super well. Because if he didn't have this if he didn't have this strong commitment to me, 
I mean, I've known other guys that would have walked away. If you're holding a man at arm's length and not letting him in, he's having to work for years to tear down this wall that you keep rebuilding between the two of you. A lot of guys would have left that. I've had guys leave that, in fact. And that was a lesson that I thought I'd learned a long time ago. But some of these lessons are patterns and you have to keep relearning them in many different ways. But we can't keep people at a distance just because we're afraid to lose them. Because eventually, we do lose people. And are you going to mourn because you loved them so much? Or are you going to be full of regret, mourning the life you could have had, had you ever let them in? Those are the thoughts on my mind as we buried our cat last night. This quote popped on my Facebook this morning, kind of sparked this whole episode. If you focus on the hurt, you will continue to suffer. If you focus on the lesson, you will continue to grow. Even in your grief, even in tragedy, even in the upsets, even in the pain, we have to keep moving forward. We have to keep looking for the light because it's the only way to overcome the darkness. Thank you so much for listening today. If you could do me a quick little favor and rate and review this podcast, that would mean so, so much to me. And also, if you could screenshot the episode you're listening to and share it on your social media so that other mamas can find the same episodes and learn the same things you've learned, that would mean so much to me, so much to the whole world. Thank you so much for making the world a better place.